I mean, they're playing okay. They're playing pretty good ball for the most part, other than when they get completely slaughtered. There's something to be said for that, isn't there? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 5, Marlins 1 last night in Miami. A pretty thorough overall performance beginning chiefly with Mitch Keller going seven innings, gasp, seven innings, only the 11th time in the Derek Shelton era that a pitcher has gotten that many. And no, I'm not making that up. The first time that Mitch has gotten there. But he was that solid, mixing up all of his stuff, really effective with the off-speed, showing good life when he needed to ramp it up. In command, in control, poise, everything that you want to see out of Mitch. This is this is all good. This is what you want to see out of Mitch. Heck, this is what Mitch wants to see out of Mitch. Here's a little bit of what he had to say on that subject last night. Um, I think it's just uh, finding out who, who I am and, and what plays, and, and then really just finding some consistency in the zone. Uh, that's helped a lot. A little bit of a spring to his step these days, both on and off the field. Wonderful to see it play out. Jake Marisnik finally came back off the IL and homered Diego Castillo with a couple hits, couple RBIs. Kevin Newman with three hits atop the order. And the lineup in general producing, despite not having Brian Reynolds, who went on the IL with what I correctly predicted would be a right oblique strain that'll keep him out until after the All-Star break. And O'Neill Cruz was given a day off. So that's it's good baseball. It's good baseball. And it's also three wins in a row. And it's also eight wins in the last 13 games. I'm not about to get stupid here and start discussing outcomes or where these things could head. But the Pirates are 37 and 50. And they could go into the All-Star break and take out for what it's worth, considering we're already past the actual mathematical halfway point of the season, but they could go into the break with 40 wins, which would be, you know, some kind of nebulous individual slash collective progress, right? Right? Even if you don't take seriously the outcomes, and I will remind everyone here that Shelton doesn't, that Ben Charrington doesn't, at least not in the year 2022, then you've got to accept that if there are more positive outcomes than there were the year before, that they're happening probably through just osmosis from having more talent at hand. For example, having a Cruz, having a Rwanzi Contreras, having Jack Zawinski show up out of nowhere and belt 14 homers, having Castillo step up, as he has, having had other pleasant surprises from recent recalls, mostly outfielders such as Bly Madras, Cal Mitchell, Travis Swaggerty, you know the whole deal. And even the way the game ended last night with Yeri De Los Santos, who, who hasn't been all that great since coming back from the COVID list, shut down the Marlins in the eighth and the ninth inning and continuing to demonstrate legit back-end stuff. 
And the more names that I mention like this casually, the more people are involved and the more real the result and the outcome feel. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. No, it's nowhere near a good baseball team. It's a team that has a few promising, projectable players, and it all still comes with the all-too-real feel that this ain't it. There'll be nights, like the one last night, where you say, okay, all right, that, that's cool. It's, it's a welcome development. It's certainly more fun watching this team win than it is watching it lose. It certainly makes whatever it is that you're hoping to be watching in 2023 or 2024 feel like less of a pie-in-the-sky fantasy. And that's doubly true when you see a younger player do something repeatedly that you then become more and more convinced that they can do consistently over the course of a career because that's when you've got a real ball player on your hands. But it does get diluted. I'm not going to lie, and I don't mean to be a wet blanket here, but it gets diluted whenever it's, you know, the Marisnicks and so forth getting it done, or even Newman, uh, with all due respect. It's so, so, so much more invigorating to the thought process whenever it's the younger guys. And I guess between that and the occasional massacre that still happens to this team when Josh Van Meter comes in to pitch, it still kind of quells any immediate sense of, yeah, this is coming. This is right around the corner, doesn't it? And let's face it, the Pirates' run differential still hangs over this team like an anvil. At least if you're the type to pay attention to run differential, and you probably should be because it's a really, really good predictor of where your team in any sport is headed, whether it's run differential and football point differential, hockey goal differential. It tends to even out over the course of a season. If you are lousy in a differential, eventually your wins and losses will show it. Like you're this close to some... 11, 12 game losing streak. And you don't even get surprised when it happens. And you know what I'm talking about when I bring that up. So it's, you know, to go back to the beginning of this, it's, it's nice. It's okay. It's, it's, it's better than the alternative, but I'm not going to lie here. It's so much more meaningful when you see it happen with the kids and you see it happen you know at Dodger Stadium or beating the Yankees here at PNC Park it's just different it just is when we come back J1Q
And today's J1Q comes from Michael Schaefer. And I'm going to preface this. It's a really good one. Mike asks, do you think the Pirates are playing these returning veterans to tell prospective future free agents that if they get hurt, they won't automatically lose their job to a younger guy? Mike, it's not that specific, but you're very much on the right track. This is something that I was told by both Dave Littlefield and Neil Huntington in their respective tenures. The subjects just never come up uh, between me and Ben Charrington. But both of his two predecessors told me that one of the things that you have to do as an organization when you sign free agents, regardless of whether they're, you know, super mega star free agents or the kind of guys that the Pirates end up getting, you want to make sure that you're not being dishonest with them. Now, that doesn't mean that they have a right to remain on your roster. But it does mean that if agents now, not free agents, but their agents, see a pattern of a team that just brings in guys to be disposable one-month or two-month pieces, they're not going to choose Pittsburgh whenever all other things, meaning money, are equal. Let me give you an example here. And actually, this is a fake example because it's not at all true. But let's say that Jose Quintana just stunk. And he didn't have a particularly good spring training, you might remember. Let's just say that through this lousy spring that Shelton and Oscar Marine and everybody else decided, man, we really blew it with this old man. We're not going to give him a shot. We're going to go with this young guy or that young guy. Now, you want to talk about crazy hypotheticals. The crazy hypothetical in that case would be that the Pirates had enough young guys to come and take Jose's spot in such an event. They don't, of course. However, stay with me here. So Jose stinks, right? Okay, so Jose goes into the season. He's either not part of the rotation or he continues to stink. Well, what happens to him? You can, if he's really, really bad, you can invent something of an injury and say, let's just take some time off here, let's try to get you back in some side sessions. That's probably the first step. But what you don't do is you don't bury him. Because if you do, then you're not going to get the next Jose Quintana who's available. Because I can promise you right now that the Pirates never would have been able to sign Quintana had Quintana and his agent not witnessed with their own eyes the way the Pirates treated, yes, you figured this out, Tyler Anderson last year. Anderson was brought in, and everyone knew this, including Tyler himself, spoke about it candidly, to be traded. He was going to come to Pittsburgh. He was going to pitch well for three whatever months and change. and Then he was going to be moved somewhere for prospects. Well, Tyler did all of those things, and he was moved. And he was able to use the experience here to kind of, you know, get himself back on track, get his career back on track. And Jose's done the same thing. Jose is virtually identical right down to both of them being lefties. So by treating these guys with respect and not discarding them, and this applies to the Marisnicks and so forth, there is a long-term, if underlying, benefit. Now, the part that I want to stress here is this is not universal. If you're some completely low-level, scrap-heap-nothing free agent, and I think we'd agree that neither Anderson nor Quintana would fit that category, 
then you have no rights whatsoever, which is one of the reasons that I've gone a little bit berserk over the course of this summer when you've seen the team go out of its way to take care of, like, Yu Chang and whatever. There was never any reason for that whatsoever. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. 